This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC. President Biden's approval ranks right up there with jock itch. Already 68 degrees and sunny. We'll have highs today hovering around 90. Hot and sunny day. I can't wait to get out there. Tomorrow about 85, and then that's it. Right back to winter and spring for about 10 days. But these three days have been fun. That was John Kennedy talking about Joe Biden. Always uh, funny stuff there. I love that guy. So Frank Morano is the host of The Other Side of Midnight. And he is a great host. He's great. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't talk a lot about other hosts. In fact, uh, when I do, most of the time, it's not always all that nice. And I, people get mad at me for that, and that's fine. But uh, Frank Morano happens to be a great talent. And his show, The Other Side of Midnight, gets humongous ratings. I mean, uh, you know, we got uh, a nine for the third week of March. And we're going to be somewhere between a seven, six, and an eight for the winter book. And again, I know for you folks out there, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but the easiest way to explain it is if you pick three, not one, not two, but three of your favorite political shows in this town and add up all their ratings, they wouldn't equate to what I get. They wouldn't equate. That's how monstrous these numbers are, especially in mornings when, you know, we go up against the big guys, FAN, 1010 Wins, CBS. Now, the winter book doesn't come out until next week. But now we're, um, I guess, we're 11 twelfths of the way in. And this is historic, what we're doing here. Well, Frank gets those ratings too overnight. He does a about a 12 and comes in first almost every time. I think he finished second once. That's how, uh, that's how great he is. So here he is, my friend who, of course, is on before me most mornings. In between uh, me and him, of course, is Noam, the great Frank Morato. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Sid. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on those uh, early numbers so far that uh, that we're seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing the whole ratings book. You're, you're carrying the whole station. <laughs> no, you're doing a great job, too. Thank you. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, it was exciting to see those numbers yesterday. A .5 market share, which is, I mean, .5. That's, no, not market share, market rating. Yeah, well, right. That's exa- Well, it's a share, really, because the rating is the nine, right? No, the share is the nine. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, because the share is the See, percentage. He knows more than me. Well, no, out of every hundred radios right now, nine are tuned to you. That's the easiest way. No, that's pretty good. That ain't bad in this city, right, Frank? No. Oh, that ain't that's bad. Not bad. That's not bad in <laughs> yeah. any city. So uh, President Trump is back in town as of last night, and he's meeting with Letitia James this morning. It was announced yesterday that President Trump is suing his former attorney, Michael Cohen, for $500 million, that means nothing. You can sue him for $500 billion. doesn't matter. He is just making a statement that you're not going to F with me, and I'm not going to come back at you. So he is suing Michael Cohen, but you all made a point to me this morning, which is very, very interesting, that the Trump judge in the Alvin Bragg case made a campaign contribution to Joe Biden. Now, you tell me, Frank Morano, how is that 
not a conflict. You know, it's a blatant conflict, Sid. And this is one of those things where people that don't pay attention to this stuff, they hear what I'm about to describe and they think, okay, it's not that big of a deal. This is a very big deal. I'm going to explain to folks why. So Judge Juan Marchand, who is the judge that's handling this criminal case in Manhattan, he donated $35 to Democratic causes in 2020. $15 to Biden's campaign directly, $10 to a group dedicated to, quote, resisting Donald Trump's radical right wing legacy. And so he gave $15 to Biden for president and then $10 the next day to the Progressive Turnout Project and the same day, a group called Stop Republicans. So the guy made $35 worth of political contributions. Now, let's talk about the fact that he contributed to a guy uh, who was running against the man whose trial that he's now supposed to be fair and impartial during, which affects everything, not just sentencing. It affects affects what jurors are excused, what evidence is allowed in, uh, whether there's a change of venue or not. It's just so such a blatant conflict of interest. I am shocked he didn't recuse himself from the beginning. But here's what's more outrageous. And folks may think, all right, it's only $35. Who cares? If you look at the rules that govern judges in this state, uh, the New York State Code of Judicial Conduct, Section 100.5, it says a judge or candidate for uh, uh, for for judicial office shall refrain from inappropriate political activity. And the first thing it lists is making political contributions. So this judge, not while he was a candidate for judge, because he was never elected, he was appointed, while he was on the bench, made a political contribution in clear violation of the uh, rules that govern judges. So if this guy doesn't even follow the rules that govern judges, how can he be tasked hmm. with upholding the rules that lawyers are supposed to follow? So wow. what I'm going to be doing is I'm writing a letter to the Office of Court Administration and the administrative judge for the criminal term in Manhattan, Ellen Biden, asking that Judge Mershon be sanctioned because this is totally inappropriate behavior for any judge. And honestly, and this is the God's honest truth. I would be saying the same thing if the situation was reversed and he was presiding over Hunter Biden's trial, because it has nothing to do with Republican or Democrat. You can't just allow judges to ignore their own rules willy nilly. All those same people that were calling for uh, Clarence Thomas to be impeached because he went on uh, some vacations with a billionaire friend of his. I hope those same voices say so just as loudly in the case of Juan Marchand clearly violating the rules he's supposed to follow. You know, you just did uh, really an outstanding job, and this is why I bring you on. This is why you get high ratings yourself of breaking down this whole Judge Trump-Biden situation. But all I can remember about all of it is these two words, willy-nilly. Who says that? (laughs) How old are you, Frank? Nilly. No, that was great. So listen, so Melissa DeRosa is going to come on this show later on today. And I gave her the same exact criteria I offered to Andrew Cuomo, who chickened out, which is, if you ever come on this show, you have to discuss one, if not both, of the major issues, which include the nursing home deaths and or bail reform. 
She cannot discuss the nursing home deaths yet. She's got a very viable reason. It's not about the court cases. I love Janice Dean. It's not about that. But she will discuss bail reform today, and I think she's going to take the bullet. We'll see. That's coming up at 925. But she also wants to discuss Kathy Hochul. She hates Hochul. She hates her. And uh, Hochul, of course, could not get LaSalle confirmed. Now we've got a new guy, Rowan Wilson. I know you're all over this. What's going on in that situation? Well, this is a terrible pick uh, by Governor Hochul. Uh, <laughs> Governor Hochul's last pick, uh, Judge LaSalle, would have done a great job and would have maintained the integrity of the Court of Appeals. Uh, Rowan Wilson, who was appointed to the court by Andrew Cuomo in 2017, and it's great that you get Melissa DeRosa on um, on this show because she w- was really inside seeing how the sausage was made, and she can offer an Albany insider's perspective like no other, and she's clearly a smart lady. But... Uh, Uh, This continues to be one of the ways in which Andrew Cuomo is still screwing New Yorkers. Since he was appointed in 2017, there's been a block of two liberal justices that are always on the far left. And over the last two years, there's there's seven judges on the Court of Appeals. The four right-leaning judges, and they're all appointed by Democrats, so there's no uh, Scalia's or Sam Alito's on this court. They're all Democratic judges. The four right-leaning of those judges have stopped crazy radical uh, law from crazy radical law from coming to fruition, including the crazy gerrymandering lines. Now, now, Hector LaSalle would have been in that tradition. Now it's 6-6. There's been deadlock after deadlock. So whoever the seventh vote is, is going to break the tie. Now, um, Hochul had an incredible opportunity to just keep the person who's the acting chief now, Anthony Canataro. He's, he's gay, but he happens to be a pretty common sense justice. No, she is bowing to the far left wing legislature by appointing Rowan Wilson. And this is going to dramatically, not a little bit, totally shift the court from a 4-3 common-sense right-leaning direction to a 4-3 extreme left-wing Andrea Stewart-Cousins direction. Right. And there's no reason that it had to be done. Um, Hochul should have stuck to her guns and appointed another judge like LaSalle. Instead, she totally caved to the legislature, and it's not clear to me that she's gotten anything, uh, anything at all in exchange for it. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to DigitalDollarReport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Wow. All right, about uh, 60 seconds to go, Frankie, maybe two minutes. I think you heard me mention my friendship over the years with Jim Allen, who, of course, is responsible for all the hard rocks around the world. He opened up the hard rock in Atlantic City. Uh, I was there with Bernard when they first opened. I broke uh, guitars on stage with Michael B. Jordan, Max Weinberg, and a host of others. 
So I uh, I enjoy those Atlantic City casinos once in a while. I really like oceans, to be honest. But uh, you love that place. You've got a oh, yeah. serious problem, which you refuse to address. That's fine. Yes, that's right. Uh, <laughs> but it turns out, I guess, Frank, that, uh, you know, your, uh, your places there in Atlantic City, those casinos... I guess, according to you, they are still struggling, yes? Yeah, uh, that, that's true. And uh, Jim Allen did do a great job. And I was there that weekend, too. I didn't get to smash any guitars, but I was in the crowd watching you guys. And um, the new uh, the new president of Atlantic City Hard Rock, George Goldhoff, certainly has large shoes to fill taking over for, for Jim Allen. But some data released Monday paints a pretty bleak picture. The nine casinos in Atlantic City, they uh, reported – a $731 million gross operating profit. That's a decline of nearly 5% from a year prior. Wow. Now, that's before these three New York City casinos are are open. So the numbers already are not keeping up with where they were a year ago. Forget about where things were in 2019 pre-pandemic. And out of all nine casinos, only two of them uh, actually did better. I think it was Ocean as uh, as one, and yeah. I'm not sure of the other one. It, it might was have been it, uh, hard uh, rock. What's the big one? Uh, everybody well, knows. the Borgata. Borgata, they took a yeah. Dip. Yeah. They took, they're still far and away the leader, but they took quite a dip compared to where they were wow. uh, a year ago and the year before that. So uh, it's, you know, it, I'm not quite ready to write the the obituary for the AC casinos yet, but I think they've become too reliant on uh, the online get gambling yeah. and not just the sports betting, but the uh, online gambling that people are doing. And people are seeing there's more and more places to gamble if you're into brick and mortar casinos. I know there's a lot of renovations coming. The Water Club at Borgata, they are rebranding. They're calling it something else. That's going to be state-of-the-art. Ocean is is re, is uh, renovating, and even Caesars is pumping tens of millions of dollars into that property. So there's some exciting things happening, including a new water park for kids that's opening next month right right at the showboat. But uh, this it's difficult, and I look at Atlantic City as optimistically as anybody does. It's difficult to be excited about mm. these numbers yeah. if you're an Atlantic City advocate. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not Nothing uh, more pleasant on a hot, sunny summer afternoon than seeing some 96-year-old lady smoking a cigarette, <laughs> dumping quarters into a machine so she can't pay her rent next month. There's nothing, well, more, there's nothing more. This <laughs> might finally be the uh, the year where they do away with smoking in casinos. The guy that had stopped that was Steve Sweeney, but obviously Sweeney's out of office now, and before he becomes governor, they view this, the unions who've been trying to do away with smoking in casinos for years, they view this as the uh, the opportunity that they have to uh, finally do it, so we'll see. All right, listen, you are great. Your show, Other Side of Midnight, is terrific. I do listen every morning on the way in. I think you're great, and you become one of my best friends in the business. I can't believe it after all the horrible things that Jill Vitale said that you said about me all those years. <laughs> But uh, I really, I think the world of you, this was a great conversation. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, and uh, tell Carmine Uncle Sid says hello. I, I will. I will. We'll take the kids to the water park at Showboat together. Love you, Sid. Love you, have too. A great show. Appreciate great job. That guy's great, man, and he's just the nicest guy you'll ever meet. There's not a mean bone in Frank Morano's body and a great talent. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 